Well, Steve Schramm is an MSU alumnus, in fact, an outstanding alumni honoree from MSU's College of Communication Arts and Sciences, and he's a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters Broadcasting Hall of Fame, and he's now, after about a 15-year career, getting ready to retire as Executive Director and General Manager of Michigan Radio, so it's great to welcome Steve back to MSU today. Hello, Steve. Russ, hello. It's a pleasure to be with you once again. So, gosh, just reflect a bit, not only on wrapping up at Michigan Radio, but just your your whole career, a very influential career in in Michigan broadcasting. Well, Russ, you know, when I when you have time to think about it, it's uh, has been an amazing time of reflection. It's 47 years uh, in the business, uh, most of it here in Michigan. And uh, has this is a time of reflection when you announce your retirement all of a sudden, all these different memories, these different milestones come flooding back to you. And it's uh, very rewarding in so many ways to be able to uh, look at that in the rearview mirror and uh, appreciate not only what good things have happened to you and for you, but also the great people that you have met along the way and in all sorts of walks of life, whether it be directly in the media or other people that have encouraged you and allowed you to have success, have you connect, have connection with the community that you serve, and and to also understand that that is part of the uh, you know the journey of life that you have all these different appreciations, and you have had the good fortune of meeting colleagues and making them friends, and uh, a lot of that is you know a, a wonderful part of being able to assess a retirement period and understand the good things that have happened to you. Yeah. And Steve, take me back at when did you fall in love with radio? I, I, as a young boy, when did that happen? And did you just always know I'm working in this somehow? Well, it, it is a funny story. It's uh, I was 10 years old and uh, I had a, an older cousin who lives uh, in New York on Long Island. And, uh, and she, uh, when I went out to visit her, the whole family went out to visit her in the summer of 63 and because she was four years older she was already uh you know a teenager well established and listening to the uh top 40 music that was you know popular back then and she would uh the stations in new york that inspired her wabc and 1010 wins and whatever had had just great disc jockeys at the time and so not only did she uh turn me on to the music that was popular then uh, she also was doing the patter like the disc jockeys would. She would, she would chatter over the records just like they would. And I, I said to her, uh, "Well, that's 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 pretty interesting. That's you know, I probably said something more childlike because I was ten. But uh, I, I said that's really something." I, uh, she goes, "Well, you know, when you, when you go home, and I had just it was my birthday. I had just gotten a uh, Channel Master transistor radio as my one of my birthday presents." So she goes, "You know, I'm pretty sure you can find a station like that when you go home, and then you can do just like we did today." And so, sure enough, I did, and I, I found the station that I uh, ended up growing up on, and started doing the same thing she did. I would, you know, practice the DJ patter just to myself because I could, and I loved the song. So that was really the first uh, inspiration. I always give her the credit that that, that silly little exchange that, in, uh, that impressed me at the time also inspired me. And so from that point, I discovered the station back home here in the Detroit area called WKNR, 
Keener 13, which just debuted in fall of that year on October 31st, 1963. And so I was able to be at the uh, very first, uh, you know, very first step of that station's success, just as a listener, just as a 10 year old kid who was just uh, in, entirely in, uh, you know, entranced by what I was hearing. And that uh, that was the point of no return. From that point <laughs> forward, I knew I wanted to do something like that. It's funny, the little spark that can lead to a 47-year career like we just talked about. And Steve, I'm sure there's a slew, but over those 47 years, is there a highlight or two for some reason you can share? Oh, gosh. I mean, there really are so many. I um, I had the uh, story a, a, few, uh, a few years into... Uh, my being uh, enthralled with WKNR, I was in my uh, junior year of high school, and my my dad, and mom knew I loved the the radio, the whole idea of the radio business initially, at least being on the air. And so one day, my father came home from work, and he had had a business meeting earlier in the week, and he says, um, "What are you doing Friday afternoon?" I said, "Well, Dad, I'm in school. You know what I'm doing Friday afternoon." He goes, "Well, can you get out early?" And I said, I think so. And he says, I'm going to come and pick you up. I have, um, I've met a gentleman this week, and it turns out he is the uh, station manager of WKNR, Keener 13, the station you love. And he's invited us to come down to the station and have a tour. And I, I thought to myself, wow, I can die and go to heaven after this because I am going to the Mecca of the land that I love. So... The Friday comes, we uh, get the tour. I meet all of the air personalities who I've been listening to on the radio for years, and I am just enamored with it. And then we meet the people that run the rest of the station, all the different functions of the station, whether it be sales or traffic or business operations, engineering, and so on. And so then he escorts us into his office. And this is my junior year of high school. And he starts uh, asking me um, what things I might be considering for college. And I said, well, um, I'm still thinking about that. And so then he outlined, well, if you'd want to go into the business side, these are the courses you may want to take. If you want to be an on-air performer, here are some other things I think you should have in your credentials and so on. So he, he went on this explanation. And then at the end of that, he said, so, so what do you think uh, you want to do in this business? And my father recounted this for me, uh, so I must have said it. And he said, uh, he said, so what do you want to do in this business? I said, well, frankly, someday I'd like to sit in your chair. And here's the magic behind that. 27 years later, I became the general manager of WNIC, the successor station to WKNR, in that same building, that same office became my office, and it was the exact same desk wow. that I sat behind. Wow, that is so great. <laughs> that was a magical moment for me, Russ. And I remember the first day that I became general manager at WNIC, which was a childhood dream for me yeah. to be able to do that. And I remember saying to the staff, you don't know how important this is to me. You don't know how much this means to me. And I remember saying to them, we are uh, we are uh, successful at the level we are here at the station because we are 
standing on the shoulders of giants that have preceded us. And I said, this is a magical place and we are going to do incredible things. And from that point, within a year and a half, we went from being number three or four in the market to number one in the market and number one in revenue and with uh, market shares that have never been exceeded since. So it was a magical run. Yeah, indeed, your run at NIC was was incredible. And and Steve, here's the we could have a whole conference on this one, I guess. But what are maybe some both challenges and opportunities, not only for your successor at Michigan Radio, but for this medium in general that we love? And I mean, do we even call it just radio, or is it kind of like how we consume audio? Because there's so many different ways now. Just where is where is it, and where is it all going? You know. Yes, of, of course, you know, it's it's a great question and it's a, a deep question with so many tentacles and so many avenues that are still unknown uh, because it's constantly evolving. It's It's got the dimensions of uh, generational differences. Radio is a primary way that we attract audience currently, but we're also uh, very uh, aware of the fact that generationally people under 40 are more accustomed to having something on their phone, either in an app or a browser or a podcast. And that's how they are deriving their entertainment, their information, their news. And it's not just on a one-to-one way. It's uh, certainly on the social media channels, whether it be Facebook and now uh, TikTok is beginning to enjoy more prominence as an information carrier, as well as the... uh, brief and sometimes goofy videos that you find on there. Um, So, you know, we do uh, research uh, all the time about audience trends. And one of our, uh, one of my good friends, who's also a a MSU alum and also, uh, uh, also has the distinguished alumni award as well. Paul, uh, Paul Jacobs of Jacobs media. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm having lunch with Paul right after this uh, session today. But um, the research that we commissioned with them last year, one of the uh, pointed questions in the survey that we ask randomly of people across the state is, do you own a working radio in your home and do you use it? And that is a answer that uh, gives results by the generation that are eye-opening. So Certainly people who have had uh, radio as their device for listening for a long period of time still will access it primarily in the car, quite honestly, and not so much at home or the office. And because the um, ubiquitous access of streaming is, is now more universal and more readily available, except, as we well know, in rural areas where it is not as accessible, um, that creates this divide of the haves and have-nots. Who has internet access? Who has a phone with 5G service that can access whatever they want or what what they need at a moment's notice? And the value that still broadcasting brings to this whole equation now is one of accessibility because you don't have to have a subscription to Verizon or any of the major carriers in order to hear a broadcast signal. And it is always available. It's always on. It requires no bandwidth or a subscription. And to me, even though there are generational differences on how people are accessing media, in times of uh, 
urgent matters in times of emergencies, whether it be weather or other unrelated or un, unforeseen situations, where all of a sudden all the cell networks are clogged because there's too much demand on them and they can't service everyone trying to access, or there's power losses at various cell towers and you're getting spotty or inconsistent uh, reception, a broadcast signal is a reliable safeguard on how people can receive communication in difficult times. So I still see that there's virtue for the broadcast presence, but I also recognize generationally that there is a habit that is irreversible that will make broadcasting uh, secondary to them or maybe non-existent because things like Apple CarPlay allow you to plug in your phone on a cord or with Bluetooth and you're continuing to stream in your car the same things you were listening to in your earbuds. So I think those are uh, some of the challenges. I think broadcasters have done a very good job of trying to meet the audience where they are uh, with social channels, of course, and streams. Uh, we have a very robust stream audience at Michigan Radio ourselves that goes far beyond Michigan. We have big pockets of listeners in New York and Chicago and uh, other major uh, major areas, LA. And we have international uh, listenership as well in the UK and China. Um, so that makes it more interesting. It's uh, But we still focus on our home state. That's where the focal point of our coverage is. And that's the area that we speak to. And I think that's why people even distantly tune in because they have an affinity for the state of Michigan. They may be originally from here or worked here at one time. And that is attractive to people both near and far. So Steve, take me back coming out of high school. Why was MSU the place for you? Oh my gosh. I will tell you, I remember this. I was just telling the story the other day. Um, I was doing a couple of university tours and I had heard that Michigan state had this campus radio network and it was not just one campus station, but as it turns out, it was a network of stations, mostly based in the dorms. And I thought, wow, I have to go and see this. And so we, uh, I, I attended Detroit Catholic central and there was a, a bus trip for interested uh, prospective students. So I took the trip, but I found out we had some uh, free time in the afternoon. So I found out where the main campus station was, and it was in the student services building, WMSN. So I found my way down there and I uh, walk in and I ask for a tour. And this uh, student who was just happening to be sitting at the front desk, you know, he wasn't the receptionist. He was just putting his feet up there. And, uh, he gave me a tour of the place and I was just so impressed and so mesmerized by the fact that there was this sophisticated professional campus radio station. And, um, I finished the tour with him and, uh, he was wishing me well. And he, and he said, well, what do you think? And I said, I love this. He says, well, then you should come back. And, um, that person who gave me that tour, who also inspired me as well, was a fellow by the name of Dave Logan. And Dave became, uh, from his time at Michigan State, where he was indeed successful, became very involved with uh, 
the uh, album rock consultancy of Lee Abrams. He, Dave, in his early career was a program director at stations in Grand Rapids and then Chicago and then San Francisco. And uh, he, I'm still in contact with him to this very day, 50 plus years beyond. So the, the kind of, of talent that was at Michigan State in the campus radio network in those uh, early 70s through mid 70s, at least the period that I experienced, was incredible. And one of the things that I still cherish to this day is there's a group of us, it's kind of like our own uh, media fraternity that were at school together. And uh, it, it was a big chill group of us that were all on campus radio. And still to this day, I'm in very close contact with all of them, you know, 50 plus years beyond our time on campus. And all of them had successful careers in the broadcast and media industry. And Steve, you've been touching on it, but then a little bit about how your MSU experience set you up for this 47-year career. Well, I love Michigan State. I always have. I have tried to give back over the years, not only financially, but coming back to uh, speak to classes. I have been happy in the times where, especially at Michigan Radio, where we have a robust internship program to come and speak to uh, the students at the Impact, uh, come to speak at uh, Communication Arts and Sciences Career Days. And I'm proud to tell you that uh, more than a couple of the interns that we brought to Michigan Radio ended up with careers either on Michigan Radio and then graduated from us and went on to careers at NPR and other major public radio stations across the country. So that is personally fulfilling to me. I still follow them on Facebook. I, I love watching the next generation find their path of success and, and germinate the happiness in their career. And that is very rewarding. And it all starts because I loved my experience at Michigan State. Well, and Steve, speaking of those young people, the next generation, with all we've talked about, what's sort of your advice to someone who wants to get into whatever, some aspect of this communication world? Well, there's, I think in Michigan State in particular with the College of Communication Arts and Sciences gives tremendous opportunities and options to students who are there. Certainly there's a well-established journalism program at Michigan State. And uh, it has been able to place students successfully into their careers, and they have skyrocketed because of the foundation they have found at Michigan State. And I think that is also true with the other aspects of Michigan State that are alive and vital, including the impact, the student FM radio station, you know, uh, you know, I in my years in the early iterations when it was still a carrier current AM network of stations, you know, found our success there. And then uh, one of our classmates, uh, Gary Reed, helped it become an FM powerhouse for College Radio Station of the Year awards for, for decades. And uh, Impact continues to do well. It has evolved and added podcasts to its portfolio and video and, and all sorts of uh, different iterations to make the experience contemporary and uh, an experience that I think students find compelling. And what's interesting is it doesn't attract just people who are in the communications uh, major. It attracts people because they want to learn how to communicate. 
and persuasive communication and entertaining communication can be taught to whatever uh, student interest there is. And I think that is another lesson that comes out of this type of uh, form of media exposure. But the College of Communication Arts and Sciences has so many uh, great offerings and instructors that are still inspirational to students at this day, plus great facilities at WKAR with the radio and television, as well as the student uh, FM station. And I know they have a, um, a newsroom uh, that they set up for students when they're doing election coverage and that's, you know, online and uh, it's so impressive where they've taken it. And I think the uh, CAS has really evolved and, and matured and become a dynamic offering to attract students to Michigan state. Yes. Here, here. So Steve, what's next? I mean, are you going to consult just chill a little bit? Who knows? Or what, well, what are you going to do? I, the uh, I, I retire officially uh, on November 30th. So my, my first day is uh, first day of not reporting to work is December 1st. And obviously that coincides with the holiday season. So I will be focusing on that in the Shram house as we get ready to host people for, uh, we have people coming, uh, certainly the family for Thanksgiving and then other holiday things. So uh, that will take all my time and energy as we, at least as we roll into the early January and then uh, I'm going to, I, I want to stay, uh, I want to stay connected to the industry I love. I have a great passion for that. I am going to uh, be interested to have conversations with people about projects or, or assignments of some nature or duration. I would love to think about being on boards, uh, both that are you know community-based and the things that are related to the media industry. And I still, I still want to be vital and have an opportunity to con continue my career growth. For 47 years of being employed full-time is one thing, but it's a industry and a media that, that you love, and there's no reason to... Uh, not have connection to it. So that's that's my anticipation on the professional side. But uh, my wife, Lori, and I also are starting to find uh, more um, more destinations that we would like to travel to that have a less compressed timeline of when you have to be back home. So uh, we are talking about just taking a road trip here or there and, uh, you know, leaving one day and not necessarily knowing what day we're coming back, which <laughs> which would be a, a nice freedom to explore. Well, Steve, uh, congratulations on your career and your retirement. Thanks for reflecting and reminiscing uh, with me a bit today and Godspeed. Well, Russ, thank you. We have had tremendous conversations over the years in addition to our personal and professional relationship. I, uh, applaud you for all of the good work that you have done with uh, with your programs and and MSU today it's it's absolutely fantastic i think the university does benefit from it quite a bit and uh, i just want to thank you for your decades of go green go white support well kind of you to say steve that means a lot coming from you so thank you and again, that's Steve Schramm retiring as Executive Director and General Manager of Michigan Radio. I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.